0: what's up guys my name is tanner thomason and you are watching the johnny boz podcast because you're a smart and good person don't be a loser johnny boz podcast
1: hey guys and welcome to the johnny boz podcast i'm your host johnny boz joining me today very special guest uh, tanner thomason welcome to the show Johnny, thank you so much. Thank you so
0: much. I, I'm so happy to be a very special guest. I'm very happy about that.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. You know, the 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 waiting list to be on this show, it's it's crazy. Um some I mailed time in so. months ago. I'm, I'm
0: just glad that you could squeeze me in. Yeah, yeah. I really appreciate
1: it. <laughs> yeah, you've been you've been waiting patiently, so I we appreciate that over here at, at uh, the Johnny Plus Studios. <laughs> um, big team, big team running all this. This podcast is just chatting about creativity uh, with, with other artists and creative people. Um, and I kind of like to start by uh, sharing how I came to know about you and your work. Um, so... Well, mostly because it's about me. Like the show, I'll have guests yeah. or whatever, but it's it's my name and it's my show. Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> as it should be. As excellent. Well done. All right. All right. Good. 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 Glad we're, glad that uh, you're on board with that. So, um, so there I was, uh, a 13 year old boy hanging out watching YouTube, and mm-hmm. uh, Corridor Digital releases this brand new web series called Sync, and there was Charlie Cooper, the the badass gun slinging uh respawning assassin um and so as soon as i saw that i was like okay first of all this guy's awesome and my whole thing was whenever i saw something that i enjoyed i would just try to find those people and just just spam them on twitter so that they would know who i was (laughs) and uh so so you were you were no exception to that um So, yeah, I guess, like, how did uh, how did that whole sync uh, project kind of happen for you? Because I I feel like I remember kind of a funny story with how you got cast in that.
0: Yeah, um, man, it feels so long ago to say 2012. Um, Yeah, so that came together. I'd been I'd, I'd been in L.A. for a few years working as an actor, kind of. Doing whatever came along or whatever I could find. And and I remember this is before YouTube. YouTube was big, but it wasn't as big as it is now, obviously. And um I remember there being a couple channels that I watch a lot. One of them was Corridor Digital, and the other one was Freddie W. You know, they would have those sort of like action videos and whatnot. It's like, oh, this is just so cool. And um There's a website called Actors Access. It's ActorsAccess.com. And if you're somebody who wants to be an actor and you're in, well, wherever you are, but in particular, if you're in Los Angeles or New York City or wherever, you create your little account and you click submit on auditions that you see. And I saw an audition and I read the description and I was like, oh, that sounds super cool, like some sort of Mission Impossible cyborg type guy whose memory jumps from body to body, but it's the same body that he just has many of them. And and I was just, I just thought it was such a cool idea. And, um, as I was looking at the audition, like on the website, I recognized Nico and Sam's names. And I was like, wait, those are the guys who run this YouTube channel that I've kind of been following and so I went ahead and cl- clicked submit on the website, but then I also turned around and like tweeted them. I don't remember if it was a tweet or if I like <laughs> DM'd them or whatever, but it was something along the lines of where I just told them I like, I was a nobody and I was literally like, Hey, I just submitted for your thing and I would love to get an audition. Cause I was in LA and I knew or Digital was in LA. And so I thought, well, maybe, maybe I stand a shot at this. And lo and behold, I think it was Nico who who emailed or messaged me back. And then sure enough, I went downtown to their studio there off of Hunter Street, I believe, and um, went in and auditioned and, and everything went well. They didn't want to, it wasn't them. They wanted to cast me, but there was another producer on it. A guy who I got named AJ Tesler, who's great. Um, and I think he was kind of thinking about someone else for the role. And then Nico and Sam kind of fought for me a little bit in that regard. Yeah. And so that's how I was able to get the thing. And, um, and yeah, it was, it was great. It was one of those first like projects where I was like, Oh, this is something that I also think is really cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's awesome, man. That's, that's so great. Um, and <clears throat> so, kind of jumping back a little bit um, before that project happened you know you said you were in LA and and you were Mm -hmm. an actor and uh, just going out on auditions and everything how did uh, like what was your road to becoming an actor like Um,
0: oh my gosh Um, so it's so funny like I, I suppose there's like a million different roads in but a lot of them I would imagine sound something kind of like mine which is like oh I did a lot of theater in high school and you know, I wasn't particularly athletic. I'm I'm, just, I'm, not a big person. So like I wasn't going to dominate in sports. And so I kind of like found a little confidence and identity and like theater and stuff like that in high school. Um, I started to study it in college, but then that didn't really work out. And so I just got a generic business degree. And, you know, you, you're, I was in my early 20s. Nobody knows what they want to do. And so um, I was from this teeny tiny small town. So I thought I'm going to move out and I'm just going to move to a giant city and I'm going to figure it out. And then um, basically I moved to Los Angeles, uh, dating myself here in 2005. Um, and I just started working behind the camera on like a lot of reality TV shows, just figuring out. I didn't know how cameras worked. I didn't know what a set was, Yeah, um, what that meant, cut action. I, you know, I didn't know any of those things. And so that's kind of where it started. And then I started taking acting more seriously, and I would get auditions, and I book a little commercial here or there, a little TV projects here or there, Um, nothing gigantic, but enough for me to go, okay, like I'm booking a couple things a year. That's better than nothing. Um, Some people, you know, come out and won't book anything, and they'll move home, and and that's fine.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: But I just kind of like dug my heels in and kept just grinding at it and um yes sync hit in 2012 and oddly enough right around the same time the hosting career began and so there was like a point in time in which like i was working on sync i was also still working on like casting a reality tv show like i've been hired to help find people for reality tv and stuff that was just like one of the jobs i had to pay my bills and um and so several things kind of like all clicked in 2012. Oddly enough, that was like a pretty significant year for me.
1: Yeah, that's that's awesome. Um, so yeah, like I, I feel like a lot of people have that, dream or goal or ambition to, you know, move to Hollywood and make it as, a as an artist, a director, an actor, you know, um, producer, whatever, um, was there. And, and a lot of people, like you said, you know, you know, try it out for a little bit and then realize it's not working out for them. And, you know, they move back home and try whatever. Um, was there kind of a timeline you had given yourself? Like, Oh, if, if I'm not able to, you know, like, because I imagine that was like kind of a scary period, you know, just kind of jumping oh, into God, the deep yeah. end, you know. Um, yeah, well, and
0: it's so funny because like, yeah, for I'll, I'll answer that specifically. I had a very specific timeline, um, but you also don't know what you don't know. And so you can give yourself a timeline on something. Oh, I want to accomplish X, whatever that is. And But if you don't know anything about X, then why are you giving yourself a timeline to accomplish something that you don't understand at all? (laughs) Right. Uh, You know, so that's kind of hard. But yeah, I remember the the original dream for me, uh, the original dream for me is I wanted to be on Saturday Night Live. That was like, uh, like when I was in high school, I'd do characters and a lot of comedy competitions. And that's like what sort of kicked the whole thing off for me. And so I just thought, I'm going to get out there and I'm going to figure out how to do it. And I remember reading in a book that Mike Myers, I'm talking about, you know, Austin Powers, Shrek, Mike Myers, um, had decided that he wanted to be on Saturday Night Live and he was going to pursue the acting thing until he turned 27. And if he had turned 27 and he had not um, gotten you know, gotten on Saturday Night Live or whatever it is, then he was going to quit. And I believe he got Saturday Night Live like a week or two before his 27th birthday. Wow. Uh, if I remember correctly. And so I thought, okay, that's what I'm going to do. Cause at that point in time, I just, you know, really thought the world of him. Um, I did not make Saturday Night Live by the age of 27. <laughs> I did not make many things if, if almost nothing to be honest by the age of 27. Um, but I felt like I'd learned enough that it made sense to me that okay with this new knowledge and this new experience i now am better equipped to try to pursue this and understand it than i was five years ago when i was like oh at 27 you know you don't know you don't know what you don't know and it's so hard it's so hard when you're in your early 20s and starting your career in any whether it's entertainment or whatever it is because you don't know you know um so that was kind of the thing. Yeah. I thought 27 will be the thing. And here I am now. This is so many years later. And I'm thinking, well, if I don't do X by the time I'm this old, then I'm gonna quit. You know, and and I don't know. That's just kind of how it goes. You have up years and you have down years. That's that's what it is.
1: Yeah, man. Absolutely. Um, well, you know, I'm glad that I'm uh, glad that you stuck with it. Um, because I, I love watching your stuff. Um, oh, thanks. Thank you. Yeah, man. Um, so part of I think the the process of, um, becoming someone involved in the entertainment industry is, uh, learning to accept failure. Um, Mm. and, and like you were saying, you know, there was a lot of things you didn't get. Um, was that a, was that like a difficult road for you to kind of take those failures and strides and, and like learn that like, no is okay.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, um, man, that's such a great one. It's interesting. Like if you're not good And I mean, and this is true, like in life, but maybe it's even like more specifically true in any sort of creative pursuit, you know, like, I don't care if you want to be a singer, I don't care if you want to be a painter, uh, an actor, a dancer, whatever it is, you have to be comfortable with rejection, Mm. you have to get very, very comfortable with someone saying no, uh, um, and someone not giving you an opportunity, or someone saying someone else is better, or that they'd rather work with someone else, because that's, in my experience, going to happen hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of times. Um, And so you get very, if, if you're in it and you really wanna do it and you understand that this is gonna be a grind, then you learn to take those hits on the chin and just keep on moving. Part of that is confidence in yourself, which is a difficult thing to build over time that sort of resilience to someone saying you're not talented or you're not this, or you're not that, you know, and, uh, and on the inside you go, but I am. Um, and so that's just like a difficult thing to build up over time. Unfortunately, um, maybe some people are born with it immediately, but yeah, there are many times like in the beginning where I, I just knew I was going to get this role or I just knew I was going to, uh, I'm perfect for this yeah. and you know, it just didn't happen. And so you just take it on the chin and keep on, Keep on trucking, I guess.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I've definitely felt that uh, ring true for me too, because um, at my current job, I produce video content uh, for the company I work for. And um, I, you know, I put a lot of time and effort into these projects. And then Mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, I'll get notes back. Um, Or one time, uh, I remember very specifically, they were like, okay, audio's not good on this. the the video's too shaky. Um, mm-hmm. the the you know the the person on camera is not doing a good job. Like we we can't use this at all. Um, mm-hmm. and I just remember being like, oh, what do you mean? Like yeah. my baby. You know, I was it's like so, art? you yeah. don't appreciate this art. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, it's like I was so hurt in the moment. Um, and it took some time to kind of step back and be like, okay, well um they want to produce a certain level of content um Mm -hmm. and what i made didn't uh kind of reach that level um Mm -hmm. and from there you know it's just about learning from that and moving on um because it's not about like oh johnny you suck it was just like hey you know this thing isn't working um let's scrap it and and try on the next one um you know so i've definitely (laughs) definitely had my own journey with kind of learning to take that feedback
0: No, that's an excellent, an excellent one, learning to take feedback and notes, Um, you know, and knowing what is the project that you are, that you're gonna push back on, and this is the thing, and I'm gonna make this exactly how that I want it, versus like, oh, what is the thing for a client, any, anyone else, someone who hires you to make something where, sure, you wanna bring a lot of your creativity to it, but you're also hired to do something specific for these specific people and, and they do have a right to give notes, you know? And so it's, it's, it's a good lesson to learn to say, oh, okay, maybe this isn't exactly how I want it, but if I'm going to do it, how they want to do it, um, how do I make that, you know? Um, so that's a good, that's a really good lesson to learn.
1: Yeah, totally. And, um, there, the, you know, there were other projects before that one um where they were like oh you know let's let's swap out the music here or let's like uh shuffle this around and change it tighten it up um and i i also just like personally i just take things too personally uh sometimes Mm. uh but i i would be like oh my gosh like what do you mean i i disagree i don't think that would make it better you know like i get all stubborn in my head and then i just have to remember like okay this is like it's not about me or my talent it's just about making the project more of what they're looking for Um, well and here's the thing
0: i'll hit you with this in like and maybe you've already come to this realization um and and maybe you haven't or maybe someone listening has or hasn't um oftentimes people who are in positions to give notes whether this is like uh, any sort of client a lot of times those people they didn't come up through necessarily the creative path where they have the skill set or the tools to create the thing. Often they come up through, I don't want to say accounting, but more or less they come up through a math oriented perspective, like they're running costs, yada, 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 the project, et cetera, et cetera. Not the physical tools of the creation of content, not cameras, not scripts, not performances, right? And so a lot of times these people, will just give feedback to justify their position. Mm. And so oftentimes it is not uh, an indictment or even an evaluation of the talent of a creator Mm -hmm. so much as it is, if my job is, I don't know, assistant head of marketing or client relations or any number of those like relatively generic sounding jobs, um, they'll give feedback to justify their job because if they don't give feedback, that means that they don't need that job. Right. Right. There's no reason for us to have this person. They're not giving any feedback. And so there are levels and layers where like, as you move through this is like somebody might hit you with a note that could be really left field and could be totally opposite of what you saw. And maybe that note is brilliant. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we have to like kind of get over our own ego to throw it in there and then be like, oh, wow, that is that was an excellent note. And I'm glad I took it. And you get better at doing that later on. But then the other side is like realizing like, oh, this jerk over here is just talking to hear themselves talk. (laughs) But unfortunately, I still have to do the thing just to make them happy. Mm-hmm. And that's life.
1: <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally, man. Yeah, no, it's like, hey, you know, at the end of the day, they are the ones uh, you know, sending me that paycheck, so it's right. it's their call. Yeah. Um yeah. and yeah. and there's there's something kind of freeing also to not being so precious about about the stuff you make. Truly. Um, truly, truly I I remember. So so I'm 24, and this like I'm currently in my first like full time position, and mm-hmm. I was talking with my dad, and I was like, man, like I feel like they're always like like critiquing me and like blah blah blah, and I was I think I was upset about uh about an email or something, and I felt like a situation was being handled really inefficiently, and communication was like all over the place, and he's like mm-hmm. Johnny these people are they they make their living out of sending emails they like Mm -hmm. they like it not no disrespect to anybody but sometimes people just do you know they have a quota or a certain amount of things that they need to do like you said to justify their position um Mm -hmm. and i think part of it was me just not understanding that but then too, just recognizing hey like um, things might not go your way. Sometimes, you know, people will say things you don't like, but it's, it's never personal. It's all just, everyone's just trying to do their job, you know? Yeah. 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 That's, that's
0: such an excellent note. Um, I have friends, I have, I have a good buddy, a guy I've been friends with for years and years now, and he does something very similar to what I do kind of in the entertainment space and once every, <laughs> about once every three to four months, uh, he has a breakdown and we get on the phone and I have to talk him off the edge of a cliff. Mm-hmm. And when he explains it to me, what has happened or the series of things that has happened. Like I understand that a lot of these things were like an inconvenience for him or uh, not necessarily things that made him like feel good in the moment. But I also recognize that, his ability to sort of compartmentalize it and not make it personal isn't very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, which only makes the situation worse. Right. And so it's such a good thing to learn early on that, you know, I don't care how many revisions or whatever it is, like, servicing even if you unfortunately sometimes it comes down to servicing an ego where it's like if i have to service this ego for them to go check you know what this is good send it on out then that's uh, unfortunately sometimes that's the job and that's what you got to do um because at the end of the day it's like what do you always want you always want um like, you know, you say you're creating, you know, I know you're creating content and you've been in this job. You always want a good reference. Mm-hmm. Um, you always want someone to talk about like, oh, well, Johnny's great. He Everything he makes is great. And because what they're always talking about is like the final product because you listen to them right. and fix their problem. Then they're like, well, he's a genius. Right? You know, all you did was they wanted their music in. And so now they think you're a genius for putting their music in. Yeah. You know, some, sometimes it's just... That's just how it goes sometimes in the creative world. It's so it doesn't make any sense at all, but I don't know. Way the People cookie
1: way the cookie crumbles. Yeah, uh,
0: exactly.
1: Yeah. yeah, actually, you know, specifically about music, I um, so I like producing music like on the side, just like in Garage Band or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, and we do like recap videos for events that my company will put on. Um, oh, cool! And so I edited together this recap video, and I put in a piece of music that I made. Um, mm. and my boss was like, yeah, everything's good. Just swap out the music. I was like, dang it. Uh, I was like, I was trying to like slyly just sneak it in there. So, um, and that's good. You should do that. Yeah. Um, there are things like that, that I feel like
0: are my little like creative things that I'll always just try to slip in. And, and if
1: it works, great, I feel good. If it doesn't work, I'm like, ah, next time. Yeah, we'll do <laughs> the next one. And I did yeah. get I did get a piece of music I made in on the next one. So, you know, there it, you all, go. it all works out. Um, <laughs> Kind of switching gears a little bit. Um, you mentioned uh, 2012 was a, a great year for you. And that's kind of when um, the hosting thing um, sort of took sure. off uh, for you. Um, and I really was curious about kind of the difference uh, f- between um, acting, being on set, taking notes and doing take after take versus, um, like hosting a show. Um, are there a lot of the same muscles being flexed for you or is it like two different worlds? Like uh, how how does that look uh, like for you?
0: So, I mean, I do think it's two different worlds. Um, what's so interesting is like some of, like we ha- I have to zoom out just a little bit. Like when we, when we get to talking about like actors on camera, like people playing a role, really there's kind of like two versions of that. And one is where someone kind of plays a heightened version of themselves. Like they don't, they're not really doing characters. Like, and a lot of times those are the most famous actors in the world. Like Tom Cruise is always kind of Tom Cruise. Will Smith is always kind of Will Smith. Right. Meryl Streep is always kind of Meryl Streep. Yeah. And we love them for that. Like, you know, we, we love them for that. And then, so that's like kind of one section of it. And then there are people who take on characters and really like change, you know, that's our Daniel Day-Lewises, um, our uh, Jamie Foxes, you know, people who like Jamie can do both, but like, you know what I'm saying? People, who, Jim Carries you take on a character. Right. And so it's like in acting, it's like, it, it's kind of those two paths mm-hmm. realistic. Um, in hosting, I really feel like the only way to become a successful host or or, which is to say success is probably defined by your ability to make an audience feel like they are connecting with you, like that they know who you are, um, is to be 100% your natural and authentic self. Mm. Um, Which isn't to say that like the way that Tom Cruise is on movies, we understand that in real life, he's probably like that, but probably a little less. He's probably a normal human being. Uh, Same thing for a lot of these other bigger celebrities. And so it's figuring out how to be just your normal, regular self, uh, hosting is to me, Instead of maybe turning it up to like eleven or twelve, which is like, like I said, like Mission Impossible or yeah. whatever movie you know is going on, it's like, what is what is just a ten? What is just you on your very best day? And so I think about those as like two different. It's it's hard to define, but like those to me are the two different muscles. One of them is the muscle of like what is authentically me, and and how can I be as honest and real and fun in a given scenario and then the other muscle is what is on this page what is a part of this story um what is our objective in this scene and so you're certainly thinking about more things and is that and and to do that and to tell that story is that me being kind of a character someone separate and different from myself um or is it figuring out I'm like oh no this is a lot like me personally and so i just need to be that version of me. All of that sounds really weird. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good explanation. But yeah, it's definitely two different approaches.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. No, it makes sense. Um it's interesting like I also just feel like we're always kind of performing. Like I don't know, we're there there's different versions of ourselves that will kind of show in front of our friends versus our family versus sure. a, a spouse. Um was that uh was that difficult for you to um realize that hosting is just being yourself because i feel like sometimes i it's almost like too vulnerable and if i'm on mm-hmm. camera like i want to to make sure i'm a character so it's like oh if people don't like this that's okay because it's not me you know like i don't know it just it sounds very vulnerable you know
0: yeah it is it certainly is very vulnerable um it's interesting i feel like i don't know it's such a it's such a strange thing to try to nail down but like the, the people that we connect with the most, I feel like are the people who we feel like we know the most about in, and I don't mean like just their background, but just like have a real understanding of their personality, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so for someone to feel like they know you, even though they don't know you and never met you and they're just seeing you do kind of a lot of, I guess what I've been doing for the last decade, which is like, I'm talking about random things on TV Um, you, you, the more authentic and real you are, the more it comes across versus the more that you try to pretend to be something you're not, it will come across as fake. Mm. And there's no real, I don't know that there's a real measure of this so much as like, you can, it when you see it yeah like when you watch the evening news you know that's not their personalities <laughs> right. they're presenting right it's like the the you know we understand that those are news people and and that's a specific thing you know it's like that's what that's supposed to be but you don't think that that's who that person is yeah. you know versus like a lot of the random stuff that i've wound up doing it's very important for me to go about it in such a way that whoever's watching it knows but that's just me. Um, and so, yeah, you have to be capable of being ultra vulnerable. But that's the thing that makes people like you.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, yeah, there's a risk, but also a reward to it. Yeah. Um, a, cu- a couple things kind of jumped out there. I So my sister and I watch... We connect a lot on movies and TV shows um, mm-hmm. and a lot of times like our favorite comedians will be like oh my gosh I feel like they're our friend like I feel like I just ah. get them or like the, the sense of humor is yeah. the same and so I've totally been on that audience end where it's like oh wow that that person is showing something that I'm resonating with and there's definitely there's like a connection there which is which is pretty cool um, to, to be able to kind of create that experience for people.
0: Well, and some of the best comedians tell the most embarrassing stories about themselves, mm-hmm. you know, so it's like it is the it's the ability to be vulnerable. Yeah. That makes you feel like you have a connection to them. You right. Know?
1: Right. And also, I uh, <laughs> I think it would be a really great sketch um, if there was like a news anchor that just was that way all the time and he's nah, just yeah, like yeah. he's go, he goes home and he's like yeah. and tonight we'll be having a, a creamed yeah. spinach and I don't know I just I yeah. think I think that's could be the next could be the next great short film um <laughs> Hey, guys, Johnny from the future here. Hope you're enjoying this week's episode of the podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out. It means a lot. Um, if you are enjoying it, go ahead and give it a review on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Uh, that would be super cool. Thank you in advance. Also, uh, maybe share this podcast with a friend. Uh, if you know someone that you think might like this, enjoy it, uh, get a kick out of it. Go ahead and send it their way. And uh, yeah, let's uh, let's tell peeps about the Johnny Boz podcast. You're the best. And now, back to the conversation. What, what was the what was the first like hosting gig um that you that you got
0: sure so it was so funny how i came about it everything of course i'm sure you know and, and are learning like everything is connections yeah um and if i don't know if i could go back uh to the beginning of my career and do a better job of just staying in contact with with people i feel like I feel I don't know. That would be my number one tip for anything is like stay in contact with people and keep your connections together because it's so easy to lose them. And they're so valuable. Um, I had booked a kid's show. I was the villain of a kid's show. Uh, The name of the show is The Super Sportlets. Um, We shot a season of it. Um, It aired in Belgium, Luxembourg and the Netherlands. It never aired in America. Okay, you can find clips on YouTube. It was very over the top. Imagine like something for kids who would consume barney like that age right. level. right. Um, and I was like a villain who like tried to get kids to cheat at sports and eat candy. <laughs> um, very over the top character. Yeah. The reason I say that is because we had a guest star in an episode, uh, a lovely young actress named Michelle. Um, Michelle and I went on to date and she was doing a lot of comedy in la and she'd been hired to work as a host for a company at this point in time that was called bite-sized tv Mm. and um at one point after it was not too long after we were filming the sportlets uh, michelle asked me if i'd ever thought about being a host and i had reached the point in my career this is already in my late 20s You know, in the beginning, you're like, I don't want to do this. And I want to do this. I'm going to do just this. And then a few years go by and you're not doing much of this. Yeah. And then so at that point in my career, I was like, I'll say yes to anything. Mm -hmm. And so uh, so sure enough, she said, have you ever thought about being a host? And I said, no, but I'm more than happy to give it a try. And um, so she like I said, she was already working there. And then she set me up with an interview, which went well. And then they gave me like a, a hosting test. Um, which is like reading off of a teleprompter and walking at the same time, which is a skill. Yeah. (laughs) And, um, and it clicked. Um, and that was like early 2012 that might've even been late 2011. I'm not certain. Yeah. Um, and then this company hired me to come in and I would do like one five minute video a day, maybe just three days a week. And that went by for months um and then we went to 5 days a week and then the 5 minute video became a 15 minute video and then the 15 minute video became a half hour video and at that point there were they had several people who were doing their own like 1 minute to 5 minute videos and so they brought four of us together and so suddenly we had a half hour that we would all do um at this point in time it was beginning to look like a typical talk show mm-hmm. and then we went from 30 minutes To 45 minutes to doing an hour um and then uh we found out that some fox syndication executives had seen us online um and then we got a syndication test in 2014 and to my knowledge we are the only show and i think i'm right on this i could be wrong Uh, but i think that we're the only internet talk show to ever make the leap from the internet to television, yeah, uh, and then and then syndication, and so that's where things really took off. We got a syndication test in 2014, and then in 2015 we were syndicated nationally, mm-hmm. and so I got a national TV show in 2015 because a friend in 2011 or 2012 was like, "Hey, have you ever thought about hosting?" And so that's the weird trajectory that you can never, no one could ever think that I couldn't plan that out. <laughs> right. Uh,
1: so that's kind of how it happened. That's, that's awesome, man. Um, <clears throat> that was Hollywood today live, right?
0: It was Hollywood was that the, okay.
1: Yeah. All right. That's what I was, that's what I was thinking. Um, which, uh, you accepted a Johnny Boz award on the set of that, I did, which was yeah, super, still super it. it's in LA. It's not here. I'm in Atlanta now. I'm yeah. Like, um, yeah, no, I, uh, th- that was awesome. Um, but, um, Yeah. So one of the things you were kind of saying is, you know, you had this uh, scope or vision for kind of the the line of work you wanted to kind of be involved in. Um, And then over time, you sort of expanded that out and and gave some things a shot and, and were saying yes to things. I feel like as uh, creative people, we're not always the best at knowing what to say yes to um, Mm -hmm. or no to. And um, I feel like this happens like in the music industry a lot, like sometimes people are taken advantage of because they think something's one way and it ends up being another. Um, So I'm kind of curious, what was like your process with knowing what to say yes to and kind of what to pass on? oh wow um it's like a huge question i know but <laughs> yeah it's interesting so
0: i have said no to very 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 few things um i have said yes to i don't know how many things yeah or how many different kinds of jobs or or what it might be um the few number of things that i said no to Were things that, like, I was sort of offered a couple roles over the years in Los Angeles that I thought were good roles, but I also knew that I was not the person for that. Mm -hmm. Um, And that I'm not sure that I could give the level of commitment that I would normally try to give. Um, for this particular role. And is it was it smart? Would I go back and do it again? I don't know. Um, I could only work with the information and experience I had at the time, which was not as much as I had now. Um, but yeah, I, I did say no to a couple things uh, early on. Um, did it negatively affect my career? Maybe, I don't know. Um, would it have changed anything? Maybe not um but i think i don't know the things that i said yes to um and and i'm not just talking about like acting roles on camera i'm talking about like jobs on sets like i was a production assistant um i was a casting assistant a casting associate i drove i was a driver um i like i basically have done every job on set out of necessity at one point or another, I mean, and, and gotten paid for it, like not just doing it for fun. Like yeah. <laughs> I had to, do, to pay the bills. Yeah. And so like, I don't know, I'm a very big fan of saying yes to lots and lots and lots and lots of different things, even if you don't think that you want to do it so that you learn a little about it. And then later on in your career, at the very least you're informed, mm-hmm. you yeah. um, know? I run into people all the time who, uh um, you know, successful working actors, hosts who don't have that background who don't know you know necessarily how things work on the other side of the camera um or in the control rooms or in the edit base um and they're great and wonderful people um but sometimes i can also tell that there's a lack of perspective if that makes any sense mm-hmm. um and so the more you understand about how these things work the more perspective you have and the more valuable you become um, on a film set, like I, I, I think I truly think that the reason that I continue to work as a host is because of the knowledge and appreciation I have for the full process. Mm-hmm. So I'm always easy to work with. Yeah, uh, and so I don't know. That's a a long roundabout answer. I don't know if that helped a whole lot or not but yeah you you need to say yes more than you say no <laughs> that's yeah. for sure
1: yeah yeah definitely um no that, that makes it makes total sense and um you know when i was growing up and <clears throat> making these little youtube videos on my own i was you know i was shooting everything i was editing i was acting i was learning about lighting learning about yeah. sound and kind of iterating over time um and i didn't even realize what i was learning until right. i made it to film school and I was like, oh, okay, wait a minute. I actually have this toolkit and this like set of knowledge that these other students don't have. And I didn't even it's like I didn't even realize I was building it. Right. Um, but yeah, having that well-rounded knowledge I've found also has been so valuable. And mm-hmm. um, even even at my at my job now, I was like, oh wow, I really am using every little trick I've learned that I didn't even think yep. would would come in handy later. Um, yeah. yeah, and so like, it's, it's also interesting because, um, you know, I can I can look at your career um, and be like, oh, OK, wow, that's really cool. Like he went from this thing to this thing to this thing. Um, but but, you know, from from your perspective, it's like, you know, you don't know exactly what anything is going to turn out to be. And, yeah. you know, you could be one yes away from, you know, being Tom Cruise or, you know, one yes away from, you know, having to having to pack it up and go home. So, um, so it, it's, it's cool that, that, uh, yeah, so I just, I just really like hearing about how, um, different decisions can, can lead you in a way you never would have expected or, or anticipated, you know?
0: Yeah. You have to be, if you're doing anything creative, and, you know, and I, I'm obviously talking from my uh, experience as like an actor and 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 a TV host. But like anything creative, like you have to be okay with like everyone. Everything is awesome when the pendulum is up and everything is getting better and your jobs are great and your pay is great and the art is great. Everything is great when you're moving up. But like if you're in the creative arts, it's gonna go back down mm-hmm. at some point, and you're gonna be in a valley, and you have to be okay in the valleys everyone's okay at the top of the mountain can you be okay in the valley um that doesn't mean that you're not trying to get out of the valley or the low points but you just have to be okay with that um and then at a certain point if you're not um which is fine you know maybe it's time to change careers or focus on something else which isn't to say that you can't you know continue to be creative but maybe it's you know maybe the career path just isn't there for you at this point in time. Um, it's so funny because it's like, yeah, you can look back on, I mean, geez, I'm coming up on 20 years in the entertainment industry and you can look back on it. I can look back on it and be like, oh, well this led to this. And somehow this opened to this door, blah, 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 blah. But in the trenches and in the moments, no, it doesn't feel like that at all. You know, it feels like uh, treading water for so much of it. Like, and you can only tread water for so long. Yeah. Um, there's certainly been like times where I've been like, okay, this is great. And things are going wonderful, but you hear all levels of of people in the entertainment industry talk about it, um, where they thought, where they talked about, am I done? Maybe I'll never work again. Um, uh, so it's Amy Poehler. has talked about that. How, like after community, she was just like, well, maybe that's it. And maybe I'll never work again. And we go, Oh no, Amy Poehler, you'll work again, but, yeah. but that's not how it feels. Right. You know? Right. Uh, so anyhow that's yeah you got to be
1: comfortable with the valleys <laughs> totally totally man yeah i i remember um so i used to watch a lot of uh, a lot of film riot uh ryan connolly's uh youtube oh yeah show. Ryan, you he's know, great he's great dude uh and he he once was like you know if you're not eating sleeping and breathing film like this is not the path for you yeah. um and and that always stuck with me cuz i was like well I don't know if I am eating, sleeping and breathing film, but mm-hmm. but I, I took out of that is like you really have to love it and and care about it and have passion for it, because if you're just like, oh, I'm just going to go become an actor and, you know, make a billion dollars and like put my feet yeah. up in L.A. and it's going to be great. It's like you're not really. Uh, yeah, th- I, there's definitely a level of commitment you have to have, like you're saying, to kind of get through those rough, rough periods.
0: Sometimes someone, someone pointed this out to me one time when I always thought it was so interesting. It's like, what is the thing that you want? Like specifically, like, and some people want to be sitting on a couch on a late night show, getting interviewed because they think that's fancy. Mm -hmm. Some people want to be driving an expensive car. Some people want to have lots of money and luxurious vacations or some people want fame. Okay. Well, is that what you want or do you want to be like memorizing a script and figuring out an interesting scene on a film set and and you need to know you need to know what it is that you want and what your motivator is like if your motivator is like putting together this piece of art that's one thing versus if your motivator is like oh if i can become a success i'll have a ferrari (laughs) yeah, <laughs> I'm not saying that's a negative thing.
1: Yeah,
0: but I'm saying like you need to know what your motivator is because if you want the Ferrari, there are a lot of easier ways to get a Ferrari <laughs> than than being an actor or being in the creative arts. Yeah. Uh, so that's some I don't know. That's something to always think about as well because that's what a lot of people do. A lot of people think, oh, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go become an actor in L.A. or a musician in L.A. And what they want is they want a Grammy and they want to get interviewed by Jimmy Fallon. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: They don't want to you know, be on a film set in the rain and do a monologue. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah,
1: totally. (laughs) I kind of want to jump back to, to film, um, because I couldn't have a chat with you without talking about your movie faith based, Oh yeah, um, which you co-wrote and starred in. Um, so, you know, obviously like I saw those Instagram posts, like those behind the scenes things, and then it came out and I watched it and it was great. Um, but what was that? What was that process like for you guys? Um, Like, how did, how did that start?
0: Oh my gosh. Um, thanks for, thanks for bringing up Faithbase. So proud of it. Still so proud of it. Um, um, how did it come about? So Luke, the guy in there, Luke Barnett, my real life best friend, uh, also like creative, uh, I don't know, creative partner, I guess, for lack of better words. Like we've collaborated Mm -hmm. on things for over a decade now. Um, and What we used to do is, like, we used to make lots of little short films. You know, you make short films with your friends, little short comedy sketches and stuff like that. And we had, like, made some movies for other people and knew some people who were making movies. And our whole thing was like, oh, well, we can make a short film. Maybe is there a way for us to for, like, no money or whatever to make a feature-length film? And so we got to batting around how that could work and what that could be. And we settled on an idea and started working through it. And then it became like apparent that, you know, a lot of times to make a movie, people, you'll need what? At a minimum of like basically two weeks. And that's for like an ultra low budget thing. And you're going to be stressed and you're not going to have enough time. And it's probably not going to come out the way you want it to do Okay. Well, our whole thing was like, well, we don't have the time or the money to take off for two straight weeks, but you know, we do have, we do have a number of weekends. Yeah. And so we kind of figured out that we could shoot this movie over the course of like five weekends, which is a lot easier than you think. Yeah. Um, uh, now granted we were shooting Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So that's three day weekends. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would call in sick on Fridays, but I also <laughs> had a lot of sick time and hated my job at that point in time, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah. Um, and so that's sort of like the bones of how it came together. It's like, we thought, okay, we're going to make this for ourselves. We don't care if anyone else thinks this is funny. We're going to cast our friends. Maybe we'll get together a little money and hire an actor or two for some very specific things but uh, we're going to call in all of the favors that we've built up over the last decade. And we're going to make this movie. And, um, and that's, that was kind of the approach to be honest Mm -hmm. with you.
1: Yeah, no, that's awesome. Because, you know, I, I wanted to, to be like a filmmaker and a director when I was in high school. Um, and then kind of when I was in college, um, I remember a professor is talking to us and he was known for kind of being a little out there. He was, he was really intense. He said that uh, the dark night was like a, like Hitler propaganda or something. I don't know. He, he had a lot of weird takes. Um, but, okay. but one thing that he did say was like, if you just want to uh, get a job and make a bunch of money, this is not the path for you. <laughs> and It's like, yeah. and, and kind of along with that, I quickly realized like, all right, so I'm not going to just graduate college be like, hey, I have this cool piece of paper. Somebody offer me a movie. Um, and I, you know, realize like you really kind of have to go out and 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 get after it yourself. Um mm-hmm. and so it's just so cool that to to see that you guys were able to to accomplish that because um I mean there's so much that work that goes into just a short film, let alone an entire feature. Um yeah. and it's this huge investment because it's like yeah. Like you don't know what, like what, what's going to happen with it. Um, so did you guys, did you guys know from the start, like, um, this is, you know, this is something that, that we think people are going to like, or, or was it more of just, Hey, you know, we believe in it and that's, that's enough to, to kind of go through with it.
0: Um, a little of both yeah so the first thing it began with us it began with us thinking that we really had something special and it began with us um luke wrote it i did the story luke vince michelle the director and myself all three of us did story on it luke actually knocked out the script and then we went through revisions and revisions of it with him and at the end of it the three of us really thought that we had something special yeah. something that we would like to watch and something that we would like to make And then what sort of happened is like, and it has to start there. If you start out and you are just trying to make something for other people, uh, Rick Rubin talks a lot about this. Is like you have to you have to make it for yourself. And the more specific and for yourself that you can make it, uh, the more people are going to respond to it. And so that's where it started for us. Now, what happened is as we shared this script around um, to other people that we wanted to work with, they also responded uh, in a similar fashion that we did. And so that's when we knew we had something a little extra special. Um, The movie's not for everyone, but what I can tell you for sure is that everyone who worked on the movie loved it. And that's sort of the dream scenario.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I would say it definitely comes through um, because watching it, I was just like, man, you could tell that, you know, you and Luke are friends in real life. And it's it's so fun when you get to see you could just you guys were just enjoying the process. Mm -hmm. Like I could tell you guys were just having a bunch of fun. And that's that's part of what was so charming about it too. Um kind of knowing you and and having seen the things you've done before. I'm like, oh look at him go. It's it's awesome. Yeah. Um so I'm curious, uh is there is there anything coming down the pipeline uh from from you and Luke? Do you guys have more ideas?
0: yeah, so we started writing, let's see. We worked on Faith together and then we like really partnered up and started co-writing scripts together. And so, long story short, it's tricky. It's so hard. That I'm I'm like fumbling for a good way to explain this. You can write a You can write an excellent script and then you can get it in the right hands of people and they might try to work on it for months and then it'll go back into your hands. And then you get it back into someone else's hands and they work on it for months or even years. And maybe they attach actors and and then it, and then something bad will happen and it'll come back into your hands. Um, Luke and I are very fortunate right now that. um Two scripts that we have written and we both thoroughly enjoy are with different companies that are trying to like make them and get them together. I've got a meeting. We've got meetings with one of them next week. Uh, One of them is uh, we're attaching talent to um, actors that people have heard of. Um, And so we're kind of in this interesting spot where like faith based open some doors and then our scripts that we wrote continued to make those doors a little more open, and um, so people are willing to read what we have written now at, at very good companies. Yeah. And so the short answer is hopefully soon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hopefully soon there will be some sort of announcement that that we get to make. Truly, that could be the kind of thing that happens by summer. Um, but yeah, know that we've been very busy behind the scenes, like writing um, feature-length films. We, we wanna make one, we wanna make another one for us. Yeah. Um, uh, but to do that obviously takes a little money and takes some other things. And so we're hoping that, you know, oh, if we could sell these other scripts or they, you know, go into production or whatever, that'll raise our profile a little bit. Also perhaps set us up in a scenario where we're like, we have the funding to make a script. And so we've got definitely a couple ideas we've tossed around for ourselves. Um, But probably the next big move for us will be like having written a movie for someone
1: else. Okay, awesome. I love that. Well, uh, best of luck with those projects. Uh, I hope they they turn out. Yeah, man. And I can't can't wait. It's always always
0: so weird to be like, what do you have coming up next? And then someone just gives you the biggest word salad (laughs) of like, well, I can't really talk about it, but it's really cool. You know, unfortunately, that's the most you can do. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, so uh, we've got a thing that involves um, an original and new take on the idea of zombies. Okay. Um, everyone's used to a very particular approach to almost all of those stories. Mm. Almost all zombie stories begin at the beginning. Right. Uh, ours is one that begins at the end. Mm, okay. uh, of, of a of an apocalypse of sorts and so it's a very personal and small story mm-hmm. involving um some people who who thought that they had rebuilt the world already so it's like that's kind of a different take yeah and and uh, we've got one that's sort of a throwback to um sort of like 80s uh not like 80s thriller but maybe like 80s suspense and sort of like the fun horror movies of the 80s yeah where a lot of like over the top action and like bigger than life characters and bigger than life scenes. Um, so we've got something that's sort of like built out a world and it's kind of deals with, um, pyramid schemes and an alien invasion. And so it's like very over the top, very big, very weird. Yeah. Uh, But those are the things that are kind of standing out where it's like, okay, this isn't like anything else that anyone's read in a while. Um, And then we're writing, we're currently working on um, something that I can only best describe as like a cross between um, Mad Max, um, Fast and Furious, and The Warriors, if you happen to know that movie, um, where it's sort of a big action film. Um, And the reason we're able to do that is because a guy who produces big action films read one of our other scripts and so, and, and like the writing, yeah. didn't think that script was right for him, but thought, Hey, if you guys try this, let's see if we can do something. And so we did and he likes it. So we're, you know, inching forward. That's all you got.
1: Heck so, yeah, dude. Amazing. Amazing. I'm, I'm excited. Uh, all those sound really great. Um, thanks. So, you know, you've got, you've got a couple hyphens, you know, you, you've, um you've acted, you've hosted, you've written, you've uh you know, you've been in a lot of positions behind the camera um is there is there something that speaks to you the most like uh is there yeah i guess one of those uh one of those fields or or aspects of filmmaking that kind of is the most satisfying for you
0: um i don't know that there's like one particular thing or not like i feel very fortunate and very lucky to have the job right now um and i've had it a couple times um to be myself on camera and hang out with people on a set and make jokes about silly things happening in the world. Sometimes it's a celebrity, sometimes it's an event. I feel very, very lucky and fortunate to have been able to do that for a while. Um, it, it's not something that I daydream about. Mm-hmm. It's not something that I like have interesting ideas for things in the middle of the night for how I could talk about reality TV. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> those are always things that are like story oriented yeah um and so um one of these days it, for me it's probably it's potentially very realistic that you won't see me on camera anymore um but perhaps i will be uh helping to put together these stories and produce these films, or even direct these films. Um, I'll send you a link to, uh, Luke and I did a short film this last summer, mm-hmm. and it's uh, kind of related to a TV show that we've, we're have we getting ready to start pitching before too long. And um, uh, we co-wrote it, uh, we co-directed it, but on the day, uh, on the day of production, he um, was the lead actor, and so I'm not in it on camera. And so on the day, I handled all of the shots. I basically on the day of I was the, the acting director. Yeah. Uh, so I'll send that to you. And so there's, there's very much a world in, in which that kind of becomes part of my path yeah. in the future.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Love that. And and so excited for you, man. I feel like, like this is kind of a, uh, like ground zero for a bunch of really cool things that could happen. Um, knock on wood, fingers yeah. crossed, so wood, you know, yeah. take shots. Yep. Yep. And, and yeah, throw stuff at the wall, see what sticks. Um, so Um, I, I think, you know, this is a good, a time as any Tanner, um, to ask, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, where can people see your stuff? Where can they follow you and, and kind of see what you got coming up next?
0: Sure. Um, the, the best place is on Instagram. There would just be Graham of tan, super witty handle there, (laughs) uh, G R A M O F T A N. Um, it's going to be mostly talk show stuff. But every now and then you'll get to see like the behind the scenes of like films or script writing or different things like that. And, and the faith-based stuff is all down there. It's sort of like deeper in there, but that's kind of where I do everything stay the
1: truth. Heck yeah. Awesome. And, uh, just a PSA, everyone go watch faith-based if you haven't seen it, <laughs> it's hilarious. You're going to get a kick out of it. And, uh, yeah.